Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I will be chatting with Nicole Warner about bringing yoga off the mat. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we will strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the author of the Chair Yoga Pocket Guide. I am passionate about all things yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today's guest is Nicole Warner. And Nicole is a certified Soma Yoga therapist currently teaching in Alexandria, Minnesota. She has been teaching yoga for over 20 years and is also a dancer and choreographer. She is a proponent of plant-based cooking and is a certified Forks Over Knives cook. She recently created Branch Wellbeing as a landing space for healthy living. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. I really, I really appreciate it being here. Well, I have gotten to know Nicole over the past, oh, about a year now um, as one of our ambassadors for the magazine. Um, so it's really exciting to have you here and to chat about your newest endeavor and just to hear about, you know, bringing yoga off the mat, which, you know, I think it's like an expression that we've heard, but some people know what it means. Some people don't know what that means. And um, so maybe let's just start with a little bit of like, what does that mean to you, bringing yoga off the mat? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think as I started with yoga, as I think many of us do, we come to the practice as this physical practice. And I know I came to it as exercise and this is what my friends are doing. So I just want to be with my friends. So I'll go to class <laughs> right. and then fell in love with it. And um, eventually got certified as a teacher, which was actually more for me. And so I think that was actually the start of taking it off the mat was realizing how beneficial all the various practice were practices were. And then it isn't just a physical practice, this physical practice of asana and learned so much about um, the eight limbs and all these other facets of yoga. And uh, we hear this, oh, yoga is bringing together mind, body, and spirit. But I was like, blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? <laughs> what you does know? that like, even mean? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? How do I do that? And um, amazingly, it does start with that physical practice and how doing that practice daily does help. And it doesn't have to be an hour and a half. It can be a shorter practice. Um, and starting to integrate breath and meditation. And then eventually, um, again, more of the eight limbs. So the, the yamas and the niyamas and that svedyaya self-study and really reading and learning. Uh, and one of the, one of, I think one of the great books is, um, Ralph Gates's, um, yoga off the mat. I'm probably not saying the mm. exact title, but, and I, I love having a morning practice. Um, and so it would be meditation. And then I love reading, reading a little something, a daily read, and then journaling about it 
how it affects me, how it makes me feel. And then too, how I can apply that in my, in my life and, and maybe offer that up for clients and more education. So yeah, that kind of brought me, brought me into this practice of taking it off the mats. And I think you're so right that average person I started yoga in college. It was offered as a course. It was part of my PE curriculum, right? Um, And so I think that is how many of us come to yoga. Like that was right at the cusp of when, you know, we were still doing aerobics, right? Remember aerobics? (laughs) Um, And yoga was just starting to kind of mesh. And so it was almost a crossover, if that makes sense. And so that's how I was introduced to yoga. And eventually I would find a teacher who brought in yoga philosophy. And at first I was like, this is weird. Um, But then it was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, like you said, this is how we bring our body, mind and spirit together. And also talking about the teacher training, I had zero interest in teaching. I just wanted to go deeper in the understanding of yoga. And then I fell in love with teaching. Um, so I think that happens a lot as well for folks that they just want to learn more. They don't even necessarily want to be a teacher. Agree completely. I Yeah, my first training was 20 plus years ago when, yeah, the, the teacher training was 60 hours. Like now it just oh, wow. Like- Yeah, it seems like how could I possibly? um, (laughs) And yet they really feel prepared, (laughs) but they really crammed a lot in. It was very um, a very effective sixty hours. I learned I learned a lot, but even from that, I went when I first started teaching. I was subbing, and I realized that yoga was my sanctuary, and to then teach, it just got so stressful. And even when I was taking classes, it was to prep because I was subbing some other class and I, and I just was like, "Mm -mm," taking a break and uh, from teaching and was just like, just practicing again. I want, this is my sanctuary. I need to, I needed to keep it. I needed to keep it at that. So, um, and then eventually got back to teaching and it's funny you bring it into aerobics because it's another modality that I do still teach. And, and that too, all, all levels I've, I've taught at a senior living. So we'll teach chair, chair classes where you're marching in a chair and moving your arms, but it, you know, always that, um, I bring it back to breath to how does this make you feel? Uh, where are you at today? And, um, I love that, that we can, that we can, the movement can help us get to, to a different emotional place and vice versa. Sometimes the emotions, you know, it's that, that top down or bottom up kind of, kind of feeling or situation that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just love how yoga can just, like you said earlier, it doesn't have to be an hour and a half. It can be five minutes. And I actually did like a yoga challenge last winter, um, challenging people to just try it for five minutes a day. Each day I had a thing for them to do. Um, and it kind of went through the eight limbs without specifically telling them that's what we were doing. Um, and people were like, Oh, I always thought it had to be an hour, right? Like 
it's just, you know, like if you go to a lifetime or any sort of fitness center, like that's what they are. They're usually 60 or 70 minutes. Um, but it, that's not what it has to be. It can be sitting in silence and just breathing for five um, and I think that's what makes yoga so powerful. And and you talk about taking a break from teaching. Um, and I took a break from the physical practice for a while um, and focused more on my spiritual practice of yoga. And then in 2014, I think, you know, I had a traumatic brain injury. And I also had numerous physical injuries with that. And yoga truly, truly helped me get through that injury. If I went to had my basic yoga understanding, I don't know, you know, how, how my recovery might've went because nobody, no traditional doctors were helping me. So I took, you know, my recovery into my own hands with my yoga tools. And that was way before my teacher training too. Um, so yoga can be so powerful. It can get us through so much. And, you know, I know there's a lot of pregnancy yoga and I'm sure there's like birth yoga, right? Like you're using your breath <laughs> as you're in labor. Um, I've never had a child, so I can, I cannot relate. <laughs> I, I did. I, I did. Um, and in fact, I think that's when I got the deepest into yoga was um, prenatal, prenatal classes. And then I did actually, instead of like Lamaze, I did um, a yogic labor prep and that teacher really taught a lot about like the connection of the, the pelvis and the jaw mm-hmm. and how women that you see um, from way back when giving birth in a field and, and biting down on a right. stick. Yes. Yeah. And so like I brought in my yoga mat or yoga mat, <laughs> my <laughs> yoga strap, a yoga strap oh, and yeah. I bit down on the bit strap. On it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's off the mat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. You know, There's all, all sorts of different ways that, um, too. And I think as we're learning more and more, as you, you know, you brought up a traumatic brain injury, we're learning more and more about brain science and um, uh, the nervous system and all these other things where yoga is a science. Yoga is a spiritual science. And, um, I don't, I don't know enough about like the history and all that and how much these ancient people in India who were creating all these yogic traditions, how much they actually knew of the science of it, but it's there. Yes. It's there somewhere, you know, whether they knew like the, you know, whether they could measure it or not, it's certainly. Yeah. Like just in the brain injury world, you know, chanting Om stimulates the vagus nerve and as you know the vagus nerve is very important to our nervous system and our overall well-being and um you know I'm sure you've noticed in yoga classes people don't like to make noise and asking people to chant om with you sometimes it's like they're so uncomfortable um but once and I was too, right when I go back to early yoga I was like what the heck is this why are we doing this um and now I look back, I'm like, gosh, Amy, too bad you weren't more enlightened back then. Um, but, you know, as people begin to do it, they feel it. And the resonance, right, that vibration, it just makes you feel good. Um, and so why not do it, right? 
Yeah, I, I just taught a class on on Saturday and we were outside. And so I was using some of the restoring prana things of core breathing. And so we were and grr, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's fun too, I think, to turn, um, we're again, coming back to the tradition of, of Aum, but also introducing people sometimes with humming or some of these other sounds that might be more familiar to them and then bring mm-hmm. it back to, to tradition and, um, uh, making these practices so that they can practice them in their in their own homes and always have that tradition around it but but not so maybe not so scary or foreign mm-hmm. until you get there like you were just saying oh I wish right. I was you know I could have been so yeah. much more enlightened but yeah. you know you are you are now yeah. right yeah we know you know we only know what we know and um yeah hindsight's 2020 right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i worked i worked um a lot with on uh, with nami and mental health and mm, yes uh, there's a lot of you don't know what you don't know and you can't you know you can't be you can't hold that against yourself or others and and then now i like the the maya angelou and then when you know mm-hmm. better do better yes yes love yeah. maya yeah. Mm. So let that go. Let that go of the, I don't know what I don't know, or I didn't know what I didn't know, but now I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I like that. You know, so talking about yoga off the mat, um, what are some other ways you explore that in your life? That's a great question. I recently uh it was actually it was during a training and uh, the teacher was showing a video about um a musician so the person wasn't quote unquote a yogi um and yet it was about like the yogic principles or um just kindness and these other other qualities and and I think that that was such a, a light bulb moment for me of that. I don't, I'm still a yoga teacher. I'm still a yoga therapist, but I don't have to be and still be a yogi and still bring my yoga through my days. And, and that is through how I language, how I um, provide self-compassion for myself, compassion for others, how I try and relate in my in my marriage, in my relationships, in my encounters with other people, with my child. Um, and then too, how I like I'm a I'm a choreographer. So I try to just also approach, we'll say non-yoga things, if you will, mm-hmm. and yet every, everything's yoga. But right. my, my choreography, again, from a place of kindness, from a place of understanding, from from the heart. And I think that has been beautiful too with the dance. I was I was raised very technically trained ballet dancer, what that's supposed to look like. And I did an inclusive dance training with Access Dance in Oakland. And 
I didn't even want to move. I just wanted to watch. It was so incredible to see people move. And I think that's with yoga too, like physical practice, any of it is to watch people like in it. And so I think that's, that's such, such an important part is being, being present. Yeah. Being present. So did that answer your question or did I just go everywhere? No, no, I think it was good. And, you know, you talked about in your training, watching this musician, so it wasn't necessarily yoga, but, you know, I know when you first start learning about the eight limbs and when you learn about the yamas and the niyamas, and those are basically just ethics, morals, guiding principles, right? And like that stuff that all of us should be trying to adhere to in general, like, right, just be a good human. Um, And that's where I think when people do finally make that connection in yoga, like that it's so powerful. And then the folks that come to yoga, thinking it's just a physical practice. And then they're like, Oh, wow, I already do all this other stuff in my life, right? Because it can just be called something different, like but they're already doing it. And don't don't realize that they're doing it. Um, and it just builds and, upon. It yes. builds upon what you already have. It just keeps building. It's not better or worse or in a mm-hmm. substitute. It just keeps layering. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know in my TBI world, I do a lot of mindfulness work with my mm-hmm. TBI people because a lot of people are scared away from yoga because they think yoga is these big giant poses and standing on your head. And they're like, I can't do that. And it's like, well, that's not at all what I'm asking you to do. Um, And so we do a lot of mindfulness and just being present, right. And just shifting the mindset. And so um, you can kind of get, get people in right with just different terms, I guess, sometimes. And exactly. You know, I I recently spoke in Mississippi and uh, they had asked me to incorporate some uh, chair yoga into my presentation. And afterwards, I had some folks come up to me like, oh, you're brave to talk about yoga in the South. You know, you're in the Bible Belt. I'm like, yep, I know. Um, and, And it's interesting to me how we still are fighting that. And, and I get it. It's, it's all about oppression. You know, um, it it all started with the church trying to say that this was satanic as a way of trying to oppress the Indian and South Asian immigrants. Um, And it's just like, it just blows my mind that we're still here in some ways. Um, And, you know, we just see it in such a grand landscape right now in general. Um, and it's just like, if we go back to those yamas and niyamas and the eight lambs, it's like, we're all just humans. Um, and let's just all be very kind to each other. I think we're, I think we're, we've, a, lot, a lot of people live in a lot of fear mm-hmm. and fear of the unknown and things they haven't experienced personally or directly. and. So that too, I, I try to bring yoga with tradition and always, mm-hmm. I, I keep saying that, but like always come back. Yeah. I want to yeah. respect it. I just, I mean, I clearly love it. And, um, 
but equate it with something that maybe someone's familiar with. So, you know, I taught yes. in Los Angeles, I taught at a Catholic university and I taught yoga. And so bring it back or here I live in rural Minnesota. And so um, a lot of Christianity here. So I'll say, you know, these are like yoga's 10 commandments, the, the yamas and niyamas, and, and they relate. They relate to that same no stealing, mm -hmm. non-harming, yes. all those. Again, it's different language. Um, yep. So, yeah, but, but same, but same concepts. We all, we all want to be kind to each other. Um, I hope we do. <laughs> and I guess I hope so too. And, you know, and just always bringing in the tradition, I think you bring up such an important part. Like there is a, a lot of yoga out there that is just physical exercise and they don't bring any of the, the traditions of yoga into it, um, which is appropriation. Um, you know, like call it something else. If you're not going to honor the traditions of yoga, don't call it yoga, call it aerobics or, or, or something else, Pilates, whatever, something that doesn't have deep roots, um, like yoga does. And yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I also have a teacher who says, if you're breathing, you're doing yoga. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, hopefully, well. Everybody, you know, still moving about on the planet is is breathing. So, yes, so in, in oh, some yes. sense, <laughs> we are all doing yoga. Yeah, we just yeah. don't know it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, in the concept of taking yoga off the mat, um, you know, this is something I was first introduced to maybe 15 years ago or so. And I was like, what does that even mean? Um, you know, like I, my teacher was offering classes, you know, off the mat and she had also been teaching classes on nonviolence and I, which is Himza, right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was always like, what an odd class, like, you know, and I had like no interest in learning about it. And again, that hindsight, like, Oh, now I wish I had, um, you know, but taking that yoga off the mat and I, you know, I think again, we're all doing it. We're walking around and breathing. Um, and you know, it, it, we could just take it to a whole other level though, when we're intentional with it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That Senkalpa. Um, being, being intentional. And that's that presence as well. And focus. Uh, I, I, sorry, these words, they like these yoga words, English words, but they're, they're coming yeah. to me. And we talk about like flexibility and mm -hmm. to another thing, mm -hmm. people come to yoga for flexibility. And I'm like, yes. And not just your hamstrings. Yes. Right. Yoga has taught me to like be adaptable and be flexible yes. in, in my emotions, in my daily schedule, in my, again, off the mat, everyday life of, oh, I thought I, I thought this was going to happen today. I guess not. Or, or it's not going to look like that. It's going to look like this and, and being able to like roll with it and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, you just made me think of my summer yoga series and we're outside at, at a public park 
And yes. as we're in Shavasana, <laughs> inevitably, at least once a summer, there's like a gaggle of teenagers going by on their bikes and being all ruckusy and they have no clue what's happening. And you know, but that's a test for us, right? To be able to keep our focus and and um you know, to be able to stay in Shavasana and and tune out the distractions because that's at the end of the day that's really what it's about, right? Is being yeah. able to be in mindfulness. Right. Well, and and also like, oh, okay, there's that. So there's the senses going, I hear that. How does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm fine. I can come back to try, yeah. just trying to tune it out. Or no, I need to listen to some of that some more. <laughs> like, wait, what is right. happening? Am I safe? What's what's going on? So that too, yes. I I mean, I think I've taught in a lot of different settings and on practice, I should just say taught. I've practiced in a lot of settings. So it is like phones go off now, right? I mean, we have all these things. It's like, you know what? Life is distractions. So here's a place we get to practice it. And how do we want that to look and feel? I have kind of a funny, not funny story. (laughs) My friend and her husband were in Hawaii several years ago when that, um, when that nuclear alert went off on everybody's phones, the, the false alert, right? And her husband was at yoga and she was at their Airbnb and the teacher made them all keep their, their phones out in the cubbies. But, you know, the alerts still go off, even if you're on silent, um, you know, depending on how you have your right. settings. Right. And everybody heard their phones going off and the teacher's like, if any one of you get up, you have to do 30 more minutes of balance poses or whatever it was. Um, she wanted them to keep their, their focus. Um, of course, in hindsight, I'm sure she should have been like, oh, maybe we should look at that. That sounds like an alert. Sounds important. Uh, but fortunately, it was a false false alarm. Um, but, you know, that just kind of reminded me of like, mm-hmm. that's that's why we keep the phones in the other room. Yeah. Yeah. And and to take that, that second listen to, oh, is that something we should pay attention yes. to? Because sometimes distractions are important. Right. They're telling us something. They're telling you something that you need Mm -hmm. to listen to. Um, And I'm not saying this teacher was right or wrong or however, you know, but to like, oops, bling my ear things out here. Um, Hey, maybe I needed to listen to something. What was that telling me? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and you just said something too about, you know, not judging it. And that is the one thing I try to instill in my classes is, you know, don't like, you know, just check in with how you're feeling. Don't label it good or bad. It just is. And. Oh, that's the hardest thing for me. I know. (laughs) But for me, that was profound when I learned that. Like that was huge. Like, oh. I don't have to label this. It, it just simply is. Um, Cause you know, we go through the day labeling things. Oh, this mm-hmm. sucks. Oh, that's cool. You know, but like it, it, it sometimes is, it gives me a reset. Like, no, 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 it doesn't suck. It just is, you know, and I've got a tattoo on my arm. This too shall pass. Right. Yes. And as, as just a reminder, like, no, it just is. And it'll be over in a minute or 10. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that is, it's true. Like I, I said, that's very, that's very hard for me 
And so it's something I keep reminding myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, I think and that's, I, yeah. it's our natural cool. instinct to want to put a label on things. And yoga helps us understand that we don't have to. Things don't have to have a label. Correct. Well, Nicole, this has been such a lovely conversation. I could talk with you all day about this. Um, But let's take a moment to make sure we talk about your website and what you are creating. Um, It is branchwellbeing.com. And wherever you're listening, we have a clickable link in the show notes. But tell us a little bit about what folks can find on your website. So this is kind of been a long time coming with different derivations of of teaching and what I do. So it's kind of lifestyle, I'm guess I'm guessing, assuming is kind of like my brand because I love yoga. I'm a choreographer, um, yoga therapist, I plant-based. Um, I live in a tiny house right now. Um and we moved from Los Angeles to rural Minnesota a few years ago. <laughs> and so it's just, there's been a lot of, a lot of fun things. And um, Branch is very special to me. Um, it's, it's actually the translation of my mother's maiden name, her last name. So, um, and uh, birch trees, and we have birch trees out here mm, on our property. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's where that, that came from, the, the branch well-being. But yeah, so it's kind of, it's just, I was like, you know what, I just need a landing spot because I'm a little all over the place. So it's it's a landing spot of of um, choreographing. Um, so I choreograph at the Andrea Theater up here in Alexandria, Minnesota, and teach at some different facilities up here. And so that's all there. Very cool. I, I always yeah. forget that you're a dancer. And I just think that that is such a neat uh, complimentary thing to yoga, right? Like moving the body and the, the physical form. Yeah. And that has taken to, I have perfectionist tendencies and I think the dance <laughs> I mean, typically coming from yeah. a very traditional yep. technical yep. Um, ballet, modern, it. that it's supposed to look a certain way. And that's, that's been really fun now to like, take that off and know it's supposed to feel yeah, and not be about what it looks like. What does yeah. it feel like? Um, and so even when I choreograph and all that, yeah, it's great when everybody's doing the same thing on the same count and it. And it has a look, but are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? Like that's what shows. And that mm. that's a performance too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, yeah. I love that. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your time with our listeners. It's been such a lovely conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. Always a pleasure chatting with you. And yes, you and I can chat on and on. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. 
And also be sure to head over to mnyogalife.com and join our email list to stay in the know of local events, the upcoming Minnesota Yoga Conference, and so much more. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it through a Patreon membership for just $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.